0: Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Goat Podcast. Ready to talk about a lot. There's a lot to get into today. Drew Brees officially retired from a New Orleans Saints NFL NFL free agency is upon us. A lot of deals being announced right now. My NBA top five. Selection Sunday was yesterday. Brackets, upsets, surprises. What will go down? Players' Championship, of course, NHL. Oscar nominations, Grammys. My final get-your-goat-take of the day. A lot to get into in today's show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Let's get into it. Let's start with Drew Brees officially retiring today after 15 years with the New Orleans Saints uh, yesterday he announced on Instagram at 42 years old you will no longer be playing the game of football. he has stepped away after being in the NFL for 20 years and what an impact he has had in his time in the NFL. He is an all time great. Uh he revolutionized uh the quarterback position. Uh usually you have those prototypical uh bigger, tall quarterbacks, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Mannings, the Joe Montana's. Those guys are the ones that were the quarterbacks. Uh always a stigmatism of uh Short guys, couldn't see over, can't see over the offensive line, uh, can't see over their big offensive line to throw the football downfield. Uh, Drew Brees broke that and not only did that, but was one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. An all-time great on and off the field. Uh, What he did uh, for the city of New Orleans uh, during after Hurricane Katrina and how much he gives to the city. Uh, He is a class Act and one of the greatest quarterbacks and football players of all time. He's the all-time leader in pass completions at over 7,000. All-time leader in career pass yards over 80,000. He has the most games with over 300 passing yards at 123. Most consecutive seasons with over 20 pass touchdowns, 17. Most seasons with over 5,000 passing yards at 5. Most games over 400 passing yards at 16. Most games with 3 passing touchdowns most consecutive seasons with 4,000 passing touchdowns. Fastest to reach 70,000 passing yards. He is one of the greatest quarterbacks. I won't mention all his records. But those was just to name a few, of the many records he owns. Could that change next year? Uh, Tom Brady still playing, possibly could change a couple of those of all time ones. Uh, but he is an all-time great. His name, you know, will be mentioned with the great quarterbacks of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Better than Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. Uh, He is elite of the elite, a great quarterback. uh, Only with one Super Bowl win, Uh, he got that. But you know, later on in his career, when he had great Saints teams, uh, it wasn't just him, uh, but really the whole team that couldn't get over the hump. But just a great quarterback, great guy. City of New Orleans is gonna miss him. The whole NFL is gonna miss him uh being there. Uh, you know, it's just gonna be weird. Seeing another quarterback uh full time with the Saints, it is uh, you know, Drew Brees facing injuries the past couple of seasons, uh, but you know he's coming back, now having a permanent replacement. Uh that is a tough job, very similar. Uh, To when Tom Brady left the Patriots. And you had shoes to fill there in New England. Uh, These are huge shoes to fill in New Orleans. And good luck uh, to whoever tries uh, to replace them Down there, uh, Taysom Hill got an extension. He'll be back. Uh, They're working on a deal with Jameis Winston. We'll see if that'll be done. If those are the two guys that they stick with for now, or whether what happens in a draft, more free agency trade. But there's no replacing Drew Brees. There just isn't. At least not now, you will not be able to replace one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but hats off to Drew Brees in a remarkable career. It's going to be exciting to see what you do in your next chapter, and uh, I believe he signed a deal with NBC to be in the broadcast booth, so Drew Brees is still sticking around football. Uh, see what's happening with him from there. But moving down the list to more free agency news, Aaron Jones, he was one of the key free agents I was talking about in my previous podcast was hoping he'd sign with the Cardinals or go somewhere else, but he re-signed with the Packers uh, four years forty eight million. I think it's a great deal because he didn't break the bank or reset the running back market, even though he's a great running back. He could have demanded more money elsewhere, but he took less money to sign with the Packers, you know, four year forty eight million, you average that out, that's twelve million a year. That's not bad. I think that's a great deal for the Packers. I think it's great for Aaron Jones to stay there. In a system that he's familiar with, he has flourished as the number one back, and that's molded him in to this top five running back. I think it's a win-win on both sides. Uh, great deal. Uh, Packers are probably glad they got it done. You know, the only real issue I had uh, was when Aaron Jones, you know, signed his contract and said, uh, "Let's run it back." Uh, I don't know what your intentions. Or there when you said, let's run it back. I didn't quite get that because last time I checked, you didn't win no Super Bowl last year. Uh, Your team didn't win no Super Bowl. You didn't win no NFC Championship game. Uh, You didn't win advance to the Super Bowl at all. Uh, Yes, you won your division. So I guess if you're talking about, you know, run it back, just talking about your division, I get that. But some context would be nice because, you know, the Chiefs' motto this whole past year was "Run it back." Uh, let's run it back. Chiefs' kingdom, back to back, and that's because they won the previous uh, Super Bowl. Uh, they can no longer say "Let's run it back." Uh, the Buccaneers right now just won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, all their free agents are signing, and guess what? They're saying "Let's run it back." They can say that because they won. The Super Bowl, they can say, let's run it back because they have the championship. They have the Lombardi Trophy. They have the rings. They have the chip. Aaron Jones does not have that. The Packers do not have that. The only one really on that roster who is still there from 10 years ago, their Super Bowl win, is Aaron Rodgers. He is the only one who can say, let's run it back a decade later technically is what it would be and that's the only issue i had with aaron jones in his signing over a weekend other than that you know good for him uh you can try to make it you know somewhere uh but there's a lot of competition this year in the nfc uh so we'll see if you get it out of the nfc as the conference championship has been the death of you lately then Kevin Zietler, offensive guard uh, from a Giants, signed with the Ravens today in what I think is a great underrated move by the Ravens. Uh, Zietler is a great guard uh, on the New York Giants, and the Ravens had Marshall Yonda, you know, like a you know fourteen time Pro Bowler or something ridiculous like that retire a couple of years ago, and they haven't been able to replace. That kind of production, that kind of just soundness on the offensive line. So getting Zieler, uh he's not as poised, he's not as great as Marshall Yonda is. But this is a step in the right direction. Just a great signing and keeping Lamar Jackson healthy back there. Uh, you know, Protecting the pass, uh, good against the run. This is a great move by the Ravens. And really, you know, protecting your quarterback is key. Uh, We saw that in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs not being able to do that. What happened? So getting Zietler is great. Uh, The only thing is, is, you know, how consistent is the rest of this uh, line going to be? You know, how great is he going to be? Because he's on the Giants. He's now 31. But he has a great deal, you know, only like three years, 20 million. So it's not some, you know, Back bank breaking kind of deal, but a great modest deal. And let's see what else they can work around Lamar Jackson. The Lions re-signed Romeo Okora, uh their great defensive end, uh to me their greatest defensive piece. I didn't think they were gonna re-sign him uh because of their Lions, but you know he had, you know, ten around ten sacks last year, 10, 10 and a half. And he was great, underrated star in this defense, only 26 years old, so they locked him up for another three years, $39 million, which I think is huge. See if he can replicate that kind of production you know, before he hits the market again You know, when he's 28, 29, when he could demand a bigger contract uh, depending on where the Lions is at. Uh, but it's nice to see them at least make a positive move, the Lions, because of all the negative moves. They have made this offseason that positive is huge. The Browns signed safety. Joe Johnson, uh, who was on the Rams, and I think that is an excellent or John Johnson, my bad, an excellent signing, you know, a modest deal, you know, around ten million a year for three years, ten, eleven million, uh, which is great because he was a great safety for the Rams. He was, you know, part of that great defense, that number one, you know, scoring and against the yards and all that. Uh, you know, he was kind of that key piece down there where you would not throw it deep because you knew John Johnson was lurking back there. And it's huge for the Cleveland Browns because they needed pieces on defense, especially in the secondary to help Denzel Ward. That's huge. Uh, Grant L. Pitt coming off of injury, uh, see how he is. But the John Johnson signing is great for Cleveland and this defense. Uh, Definitely a step in the right direction, considering they had a highly suspect secondary. But this is another step in the right direction for the Browns. Another great start to free agency, legitimizing them as not only Super Bowl contenders, uh but real winners here and front runners in the AFC North. Just a great signing overall. Then another key piece for the defending Super Bowl champions, Shaq Barrett re-signed with the Bucks today, you know, four years like seventy-two million dollars in what was a great deal. You know, I think he's in the top ten of money now, but wasn't, you know, that record-breaking contract as some thought, you know, he'd be, you know, top five, top three, anything like that. Uh, Again, it's a huge contract, but it's modest, and this keeps the Bucs' Super Bowl team together again. A great pass rusher, uh, you know, gets after the quarterback, ton of sacks. Uh, This is just amazing. The way you know this was able to work because of Tom Brady, Levante David, and their contracts, uh, keeping the band back together. This is awesome. I was so happy to hear this signing. Uh, to me, you know, losing Shaq Barrett, uh, it hurts. It would have definitely hurt if they would have lost. Uh, you know, you still would have been NFC South favorites, uh, with Drew Brees leaving. Uh, but your defense would have been much more vulnerable without Shaq Barrett. Uh, you know your contention there uh, with you know the Packers, Rams, Seahawks, all those teams uh, would have been much closer. But the shine signing of Shaq Barrett, you know, keeps the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC. That's what that signing does. Then the Patriots went on a signing spree, signing tight end Jonu Smith, uh, defensive back Jalen Mills, linebacker Matthew Judon, and God Cho as well. They made a flurry of signings, uh, had money to spend, and they spent it. But most surprising was the Jonu Smith, I think he's a very good tight end. Uh, I do feel like they kind of overpaid for him uh, four years, $50 million, that is You know, great, great money behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Does he put up the kind of numbers as those players? No. Will he put those type of those numbers up? In this offense with Cam Newton as quarterback? No. He won't. Uh, But we'll see how this works. That was definitely a surprising signing. Same with Jalen Mills. Uh, Need help on defensive back. You don't know if Stephon Gilmore is coming back. Even though they have J.C. Jackson and some other good corners coming up, uh, that was surprising because you know his mark really isn't great in terms of you know completion percentage, allowing completions, a uh, few injuries here and there. Uh, so that was surprising to see him get six million a year. Uh, I thought Judon uh, was their best signing, the linebacker from the Ravens. Uh, he is a great. Great player, four years fifty-six million, definitely less than you know the Shaq Barrett kind of money, cheaper. But you know, he's a pass rusher, excellent pass rusher. Patriots needed that. I think it was a great signing. That to me was their best signing. A very little flurry that they did today. Then the Chiefs sign guard Joe Thuney, uh, I think from a Patriots. And what I thought, you know, they needed it, uh, at least just a offensive lineman since they're two tackles. I thought they'd sign a tackle since they're tackles. They cut them uh, last week. And I thought Joe Thune's contract that the Chiefs handed out was insane for him. I know he's good, uh, but they broke the bank for him. Five years, $80 million, I think all $32 million guaranteed in the first two years. Uh, sixteen million average, highest for a guard. Uh, to me, the Chiefs do not learn. Uh they signed Patrick Mahomes to a huge quarterback. They signed Travis Kelsey to a huge quarterback. You know, Tyreek Hill has a huge quarter, uh, co- I mean contract. They all have, both three guys have huge contracts. Chris Jones has huge contracts. Uh Tyron Matthew has a huge contract. You have these huge contracts, I thought you know they'd bring You know, just the middle of a pack, get it going, tight players in to fill around, But they go out and sign a huge contract in Joe Thune, another player tied up. You know, you had Patrick Mahomes willing to restructure his contract. I believe Travis Kelsey did the same thing. And here you go, blowing all that money on one player. uh, When you need to fill other spots on the roster, uh, fill the other side. You know, your center could leave as well. So that is insane that they signed him to that much money. Definitely a good player. Uh, but you are really, really setting up the next you know, two years for success, two, three years. But then after that, it could get very, very ugly for the Chiefs' salary cap situation. I will not be looking forward to breaking that down at all and rooting for the Chiefs that situation you know could get ugly if you know players don't want to restructure a contract after a while uh, sometimes players can only do so much only want to do so much in restructuring like hey i throw you a bone you sign me this deal i was willing to you know restructure give some of that money back so you could sign other players but after a while some players will say enough is enough when will those players get to that point That'll definitely be interesting. Now moving on to the NBA. This is good. NBA second half in the full effect Friday. There was two games I said I would pick. That was the Pacers-Lakers and the Nuggets-Grizzlies. And guess what? I got both picks right. I reigned supreme. I picked the Lakers over the Pacers. And the Lakers came back in brilliant fashion. Down all three quarters. And pulled off a win. Fourth quarter comeback. Behind the efforts of LeBron James. Legoat, And Kyle Kuzma. With a double-double. Kyle Kuzma was so clutch. Hit great threes, corner threes, uh, 15 of his points were in the fourth quarter alone. Scored half of the Lakers' points alone in the fourth quarter in a great win for the Lakers. I said it would happen, and it happened. The Grizzlies, I thought would win, I mean I thought would lose to the Nuggets. I said it would be close, and you cannot get any closer than that. The Nuggets won by 1.103-102. 1. Grizzlies stormed back in the fourth quarter, but it was not enough. Uh, you know, there was a controversial no-call there at the end. I thought it was a good no-call, John Morant and Nikola Jocic, and I was happy that they won. 2-0, got both picks right. That's what I like to see. That is what I like to see. So who is, who are, my top five teams in the NBA right now? All-Star break is, you know, a couple weeks removed now, week and a half removed. Teams are getting rolling, rolling back in. Who is, who are, my top five? Number five, the Los Angeles Lake at Lakers. Why? Are my top five? Well, they just had a huge, huge comeback win against the Pacers. That's been their only game since the break. That was a great win, uh, you know, without the likes of uh, Marcus, Gasol uh, and some other players, Anthony Davis, of course. Uh, so just getting that win was huge. Kyle Kuzma stepping up, LeBron, uh, Montrezl Harrell playing well, everybody adding in points, contributing on the court. That's why they are number five, but again, still no AD. They're not to their full potential and definitely, I don't think, can beat the other teams ahead of them that I just had without AD. Could it be close? Yes. Herculean effort by LeBron, yes. But that. Does not make them a top 5 team. Let's wait for Anthony Davis to come back. So give me number 4. The Phoenix Suns are sitting right now in my number 4. Why? They are 2 in a loaded West. Coming back from the All-Star break. A win over the Trailblazers. And then a loss to the Suns on which Karis Levert came back. Malcolm Brogdon played well. DeMontis Sabanis from the All-Star break. Uh, but the Suns looked good. It was you know mainly their defense. But Devin Booker has been playing great all season long. He is a reason why they are so good. The leadership of Chris Paul, as I have said. That's why they are number four. Number two in the West. Now with the Utah Jazz. A couple games out. Phoenix, only two and a half games back in a loaded Western Conference. Number three, the Philadelphia 76ers, why? Why is the Philadelphia 76ers the number one team of the East? Number five, well, no Joel Embiid. That's why, and that scares me. Yes? After the All-Star break, you know, they crushed the Bulls, crushed the Wizards without Joel Embiid. Then they crushed the Spurs, kind of put all things to rest. You know, we can win without Embiid. And I know they can. They have plenty of talent on their roster to win without Embiid. Uh, They do. Ben Simmons is great. Uh, Danny Green is no scrub. Uh... Tobias Harris is an all-star. Seth Curry is good. Uh, Dwight Howard is good as well. So we definitely have a great roster that can support Joel Embiid being out. But without Joel Embiid, uh, this loss, because he's such a focal point of the offense, this hurt to me, at least to me, this hurts the 76ers more than AD does uh, being out for the Lakers. And KD for the Nets. Which is why my number two team is the Brooklyn Nets. Why? Not lost since the All Star Break a great win over the Celtics. Uh pulled it out against the Pistons. Haven't lost in March. Uh one have won like twelve or thirteen of their past fourteen games. Uh they have played really good, no KD, still winning. Why? James Harden playing like the MVP with Joel Embiid out, LeBron taking a step back, uh, losing games because of the E D injury. The Nets are winning mainly because of James Harden. Kyrie Irving is playing well, but James Harden is playing like the MVP. I can see him sneaking in and winning that thing because James Harden, is playing lights out on all offensive perimeters of this game. They also signed Blake Griffin, which will help this team out. Nice little piece for them. That's why they're number two. Number one, the Utah Jazz. And I'm not as much as I'm in love with the Jazz as I did starting off this. Why? They got beat decent by the Warriors. Got beat by the Sixers, Pelicans, lost three out of their last four, and I think four out of their last six. Uh, they're on a little bit of a decline, uh, especially their defense that is slipping. Uh, Donovan Mitchell isn't playing like he was on their 16-2 and run. Uh, so those assets, those fa- facets of their game do scare me. Uh, let's see if they can rebound. Uh, They definitely have a comfortable lead in their division over Denver and Portland. Uh, But let's see. This is the thing we've talked about with the Jazz. They're great. We know they're great. They're for real. But are they going to slip? Slip long enough for other teams to catch up? Lose hold on the number one seed? Let all that talk of how great they are get to their head? Lose the number one seed? Uh, What happens to them in the playoffs? All craziness could abound, but let's see what happens. Till then, Utah's still number one. You know they're still holding on on that number one spot. Even it's for dear life, I still got them as number one. Now tonight, I'm gonna pick two games. First one is the Knicks and the Nets. I think this is Blake Griffin's first game with the Nets That's uh, Nets on as I said that four game winning streak uh, New York's been sporadic but you know they've won three out of their last five of uh, you know their playoff fringe team sitting at you know the six or the seven seed right now They're definitely not as gifted offensively as the Nets Julius Randle has been amazing for of them leading them in assists points, and rebounds, uh, averaging a double-double, almost shooting 50% from the field. Uh, They've been good. They've been good defensively. Brooklyn's kind of coming up lately in their defensive efforts. I think this will be a great game, battle for New York, but I think the Nets get the win. They're too talented uh, with Kyrie and uh, James Harden. They get the job done, but I would not be surprised if the Knicks won If the Knicks kept it close at all. Uh, Definitely a great game. Then the Lakers and the Warriors are on ESPN after that. In another tremendous matchup. And I think the Warriors are going to win. I'm rooting for the Lakers. Had been winning the Pacers. But it was a scary win. Uh, You know, last time the Lakers surprised me against the Warriors. And beat the brakes off of them uh, badly. You know, still no AD, but I think the Warriors are going to get revenge in the Bay Area. I have Golden State winning, but then again, you know, the Lakers just surprised me. So again, would not be surprised if, you know, the Lakers actually won this game. You know, expect LeBron to play well, Steph Curry to play well. A game that could go either way in these two MVP great matchup of Steph Curry versus LeBron James. But I can't believe I'm saying this. But I'm favoring Steph in this matchup. Now, let's get into Bracketology. Selection Sunday. Yesterday. It's been 700-something days without the March Madness No Tournament. Shut down, yes, last year due to COVID-19. But it is back And there are so many great matchups. So I will just discuss a few of the matchups I am looking forward to. A couple of surprise picks out there. What is going on. But then again, future shows will be diving more into March Madness. Starting out with the first four games. The play-in games. I think that Drake-Wichita State game is going to be an amazing, amazing game. Shockers just getting in, but Drake is a really, really talented team Uh, in the same division conference as Loyola Chicago, who just beat them out in the uh, tournament, in their conference uh, championship. You know, Wichita State losing to Cincinnati, so I could see this game going either way. I think it'll be a great game. UCLA and Michigan State again a great game uh, this I could see this going either way but to me Michigan State is playing better as of recently uh, UCLA really entering the tournament losing many many games in a row uh, whereas Michigan State has pulled off some good wins against Michigan you know Indiana Illinois Ohio State yes you know it looks like you know Maryland's are kryptonite but they, Played good teams. I expect them to win. They got in over, you know, the likes of Kentucky. Uh, Duke didn't get in. Uh, you know, Louisville was close, but they didn't get in. But then again, a ton of great matchups, especially starting Friday. Uh, Virginia Tech and Florida, a seven versus ten in the South region. That will be a great game. Uh, Florida has played really solid this year, but so has Virginia Tech. You know, looked like they were the favorite on that side, you know, to make it to play Florida State to get into the championship. But North Carolina beat them, surprisingly. Uh, but Virginia Tech has a great forward in uh, Keve Aluma, who does it all for him. And, you know, Florida has Trey Mann, who plays really well. And then also their transfer of Colin Castleton from Michigan. So that'll be great. Georgia Tech and Loyola Chicago. Georgia Tech fresh off an ACC championship win. Very surprising. Uh, Loyola Chicago, the Gramblers are back. Sister Jean is back a couple years removed from that Final Four appearance to Michigan losing. But they are back. And they play really, really well against Josh Pastner in Georgia Tech, which will be an exciting, exciting game. But eight versus nine games are always great. But you have, you know, the Cameron Cutwig big man versus Moses Wright big man of Loyola and Georgia Tech respectively and what will be a tremendous matchup. And then you have Oregon State and Tennessee. I think could be a surprising pick for Oregon State. They just are off fresh, off a Pac-12 win. Uh, They are playing tremendous. Tennessee's been playing really well, though. Uh, They lost to Alabama. But that has upset potential written all over it for Oregon State. Liberty and Oklahoma State, another upset potential. Liberty is a great team uh, that won there. Uh, conference to ASUN uh, and played really well just beat them all on a 12 game winning streak Oklahoma State Bowl with Cade Cunningham uh, coming off a tough loss to Texas for the Big 12 championship that has upset potential and will be a great game Wisconsin, North Carolina will be great uh, and again another 8 vs. 9 game Big 10 ACC showdown uh, Winthrop versus Villanova Winthrop is 23-1. They are a really, really good team. Yes, they are in the Big South. You can say their conference sucks, which they do, but they won their championship fair and square. They've won a ton of games. Villanova without their star player, Gillespie. This has upset potential, I think, written all over it for Winthrop. I think the Winthrop Eagles can definitely beat them in another, you know, 12 versus 5 matchup. Georgetown, Colorado, another 12 versus 5. It seems like every year those 12 versus 5 matchups have upset Redden all over them. Georgetown, fresh off of a Big East championship win, uh, beating Villanova, beating Creighton, beating Seton Hall on the way there. Uh... That was insane to watch. That was a great run. This could be the next Cinderella story. Next Cinderella run in the tournament against Colorado. This will be a great game. LSU and St. Bonaventure. That will be a great game. Iona versus Alabama. Rick Petino back in the tournament against a great Alabama team who just won the SEC. Maryland versus UConn. That'll be a great matchup. Missouri-Oakland. VCU-Oregon. See what happens with Michigan. Speaking of Michigan, I'll go on this little rant. This will be my get-your-goat take uh, right here. So I'm moving up my get-your-goat take early to right now. And that is this. You know, I said earlier on the earlier podcast that Michigan will not... Win it all, and you know I hear you know Jay Bellis byless saying that you know Michigan is good offensively very elite with livers, and uh watching them lose to Ohio State on Sunday, or I mean my bad on Saturday to me watching Michigan lose to Ohio State on Saturday uh killed it uh for me. It did. To me, it put the nail in Michigan's coffin and said, hey, I, you're still going to lose to me. I wanted them to win an ugly game. That's what I said. They lost it by one point. Yes, it was nice that they fought back. You know, They were up by one at halftime. Then they were all the way down by 13. They fought and clawed back so they were up by one. But they had Mike Smith, their guard, take the final shot, in which was very surprising Because before that shot, he was 1-for-10. 1-for-10, 1-for-4-for-3, 10 10 points, 1-for-10. And he takes a game-winning three over Ohio State's best player and big man EJ Liddell. That's what he does. Dickinson playing great in the second half, didn't have a great first half at all not going to defend his play and say he was great, but he had a great second half. He had a mismatch down there. You could have fed him a ball. You had all the time in the world. Jawan could have called a timeout, reassess his offense, and say, hey, you have a mismatch down there, Mike Smith. You give it to Hunter Dickinson. He has the hot hand. We'll feed it to him. He's the Big Ten freshman of the year. Let's do that because they are capable of winning without Isaiah Livers. But they didn't. They were incompetent. Took a very poor final shot. Yes, their defense is good. But their offense is looking very, very stagnant. Very scary. And I don't know about it anymore. I don't know if I can watch them. I don't know if I will watch them in the tournament. Uh, I definitely think they'll win the first round. But I can definitely see them. Getting upset in the second round. I don't see him making it past the round of 32, either to LSU or saint Bonaventure. Bonifant-Jour. Uh, I do not see that at all there. In a very tough East region, uh, all these sleepers, you know, to me the East is tough because, you know, all those teams can be hot or cold depending on anything. And to me, I think Michigan will not be able to get it done And even if they do make a pass around to 32, uh, the. What's it called? Uh, The. Sweet 16 is not going to get any. any easier uh, for you at all. But yeah. I don't think Michigan's making it out. I do. I don't be have to play Florida State or some other team like that. And I don't see that happening. I don't see them winning. But I'd like to. I'm still rooting for them, but that's just my eye test right now. Now, moving on to the NHL. I'm only making one pick in the NHL. And that's the Rangers and the Flyers. And I'm picking the Flyers. Yes, they have a big win, but with their goalie Gorgiev not playing well, uh, Sheshkerten out, uh, Kincaid just had a huge win against the Bruins. To me, Kincaid is you know not the starter. You know, back to back night in night out that can give you big minutes, uh, shut out multiple teams. He's going to need some support. The Rangers have been uh, hot and cold on the offensive end, so I definitely do not see. The Rangers giving uh, Kincaid much support this game after a great support against the Bruins. And I see them losing. Again, I'd like them to win, but I don't see it. Panarin's back. Magic uh, is nice to see. Jack Eichel could be done for the season. Uh, the Islanders are looking dominant now on like an eight-game winning streak. Uh, Sitting number one in not only the East Division, but atop the whole NHL. The Islanders are very, very hot right now. Uh, I'm so happy that they have the night off because they're looking good. So I'm tired of them uh, winning. Then, moving on, just a quick congratulations to Justin Thomas, he won the Players' Championship this weekend, and I'm so happy that he won. Uh, it was much needed. Uh, you had Bryson DeChambeau up there, who I do not like. Uh, Lee Westwood up there. Very happy that JT came back, played a great weekend, especially on Sunday, back nine. Took control of the tournament and won the Players' Congratulations, JT. Nothing but the best for you. So happy that you won it uh, compared to the field out there. You versus the field. You go, JT. You rock the Players' Championship. Now, moving on. Yesterday, excellent Grammys. Oh, it was so good. Dua Lipa's performance, amazing. Billie Eilish performance, outstanding. And guess what? Dua Lipa got Best Pop Vocal Album, which was deserving, but then surprising because Taylor Swift won Album of the Year, and I believe Dua Lipa beat Taylor Swift out in the Best Pop Vocal Album, so it's weird to, you know, turn around and then have Taylor Swift win Best Album of the Year. I th- I just think that category is rigged to Taylor as, you know, three of her albums have already won that, and now she's tied for a record at... You know, a young age, but I just think they love her. Uh, Megan the Stallion won quite a few awards, uh, which was good for her. Uh, Beyonce. I love Beyonce. So I was so happy when she broke the Grammys record for most Grammys of all time. Very surprising that she was actually there. Congratulations, Beyonce. Congratulations. I love you. I love you so much. Then Billie Eilish won Record of the Year, kind of the biggest prize of a night out there, all the build-up to Record of the Year, all the songs that they played uh, live last night and for Record of the Year, uh, then those artists talking about their record. That was the biggest prize of a night, it looked like. And it went to Billy, deservedly so. Love Billie Eilish, love her story, loved her documentary, all tremendous stuff. Uh really, really great Grammys night. Now moving on to the Oscars and the nominations that came out today. Best picture. I thought, you know, everything that was nominated would get in. To me, the biggest surprise was Maz Rainey, Black Bottom, not getting in. Uh it was surprising that one and uh one night in Miami. Because you can have up to 10 nominations for Best Picture. So there was only 8. So they left out 2 for some reason. They could have just thrown in those 2. Uh, why could they have thrown in those 2? Uh, they could have thrown in Maz Rainey Because uh, the favorite to win Best Actor is Chadwick Boseman. Who stars in that movie. Uh, Viola Davis who is up for Best Actress. Who stars in that movie. Uh, and then it's also up for... Uh, no, it's not up for a screenplay, but it's up for, you know, makeup, hairstyling, and other, you know, con- complimentary awards, so that was surprising, at one time in Miami, because of Leslie Odom, uh, and all the hype around that, and all the uh, score, and people liking that movie, the critics loved it, so I was surprised that didn't get in, because you can have ten nominations, why not just go the extra two, save yourself some uh, controversy. That was surprising. Actress in a supporting role, I wasn't surprised by any of those nominations uh, as it mirrored the you know Critics' Choice Awards with Amanda Seyfried back in the mix, uh, but I think Maria Bakalova, to me, is the favorite since it is the same cast of nominations, and she just won the Critics' Choice actor in a supporting role. Uh, this one was surprising because Paul Rachey, Got a nomination for Sound of Metal, who really hasn't been nominated much lately. And then Lakeith Stanfield from Judas and the Black Messiah, which is also surprising because Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah has been the winner of this award. And it's usually weird to see uh, two people of the same movie in the same category nominated because it usually splits votes. Uh, We saw this last year with Joe Pesci and Al Pacino. For the Irishman. Uh, their characters were both up for it, and both of them were more loved than Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But you know, you had that split. Uh, you don't want to represent one over the other, so you just give it to Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt deservedly so won it and didn't look back as he swept. I still think Daniel Kalu is a favorite, but I think having Lakeith and Vera Hertz's chances, you could have a surprise that night a la Sasha Baron Cohen for a trial of a Chicago 7 who was great in that movie and kind of is like a runner-up. He could be in that uh, favorite right there. You know, Adapted Screenplay, to me, was a surprise because Aaron Sorkin was not nominated for The Trial of a Chicago 7. You know, you had Borat in there, which was very, very surprising. White Tiger, uh, One Night in Miami, Nomadland. That was huge. My bad. My bad. I, you know, forget everything I just said right there about the uh, screenplay. Uh, That was wrong. Uh, I was, that's what I was thinking with adapted screenplay, and same with original screenplay. Those were both right, Uh, but one that surprised me was director. My bad. Uh, The director, I thought Aaron Sorkin would have been in there for Trial of the Chicago 7, but he wasn't. Maybe if he didn't get in Regina King for One Night in Miami. But neither of those. I went to Thomas Venterberg for another round. Uh, Honestly, a movie I've never heard of. And then the other, you know, big ones. You know, first, uh, Dual women nominated in that category. Emerald Fennel, A Promising Young Woman. Chloe Zhao. Nomadland. Actor in a leading role. They all stayed the same. Actress in a leading role. Uh, same exact nominations as the Golden Globes. Andre Day is back in there going up against Carrie Mulligan. Again, another little get your goat rant with Andre Day being back in the mix now. Uh being off so much. We'll see if the hype has died down by the time the Oscars are finally here as she was not in the critics' choice. Carrie won that. She's not up for a sag, a BAFTA. Carrie needs to me to win the sag. That's kinda of like the last big thing. She's Won the critics, she's been winning other little, you know, Australian awards and stuff here and there. But not being nominated up for a BAFTA is huge, especially being British. Uh, So to me, she has to win the SAG, secure that award to be the favorite, at least for me to have a good conscience going into Oscar night and having her win that award. Uh, If she doesn't win the SAG and it goes to like a Frances McDormand, that could get very scary. But to me, the scariest would be Viola Davis but it's great that's what i'm getting into daylight savings is back so my stock market stuff is all different now in terms of the start and the end time of it and ending with this news that i just got from espn uh carlos hyde uh reached an agreement to sign with the jaguars on a two-year deal uh not big news at all at first i thought that was chris carson and what i thought would have been big news um but it isn't that big, so you know I won't really talk about it. You know, but Jaguars at a Dorset. and Rod Gronkowski is back on the Bucks on a one-year, ten million dollar deal, a uh, lot of money. Leonard Floyd resigns with the Rams. A lot more deals that you know just get announced in the hour. I will talk about this future podcast. Until then. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Off to a great week. Bye, everybody.